0: This episode is brought to you by Santos Threads. Make sure to visit Santos-Threads for the latest and greatest in men's and women's Latino urban-inspired streetwear. Visit santos com. You are now listening to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number 29. I'm your host Santos. Proud owner of Santos threads. Uh, once again, with you guys once more here, happy to be with you guys. Episode number 29, a very happy and healthy new year 2022. Once again, coming through, uh, make sure to follow me on social media at uh, Santos thread shop, Instagram, as well as TikTok Santos thread shop. I appreciate all the interaction. And um, the engagement with everyone—it's been a real fun journey. I'm looking forward to continuing this, keeping it going. And of course, don't forget to check out uh, santos-dress.com, um, as you know—that's the merch for nice merch, just like the the hat that I have on right now. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you follow the YouTube channel as well. Like, subscribe, comment—the whole thing. And away we go. On this episode, I'm very happy to have this person uh, with me. This person is someone who is a trailblazer, someone who is a real someone. I mean, that's the best way you could describe her. I would describe her as a trailblazer. Uh, someone who is a comedian. She's not just any comedian. She has a very interesting and peculiar story. And I can't wait for her to tell it and uh, tell us all about it as far as her background, where she's from. Her name is Mona Sheikh. Mona Sheikh is one of the prominent up and coming comedians right now. Uh, in the game, she's based out of uh, Los Angeles and she is of, she is from Pakistan. And, um, so she is someone who I looked at her and I followed her work and I, and I felt like she was someone who I wanted to uh, speak with to tell her story. She's a trailblazer. She's one of the first comedians to perform in multiple types of venues. Um, record breaking audiences. Uh, you know, as far as attendance, things like that. She has a great delivery. Uh, She's a break from the mold. She does so many things. I think she's a great example for South Asian, Middle Eastern and minority people in general. Um, She's a comedian. She's a producer. She has her own show, podcaster, uh, so on and so forth. Business figure, you name it. She's a woman. And uh, she's a boss. She's a straight up boss. And I'm so glad to be able to have her here. And she will be joining me momentarily. And we'll be talking about her, um, you know, her career, uh, what she's done, what she's up to now. Uh, she's the host of uh, host and producer of minority reports. So we'll talk about what that project is. I know about it, but I want her to tell it to the audience. So all those things. And, um, she's someone who, you know, I, I always wanted to have, you know, for me, I'm big into diversity. I'm big into a lot of, as you may know, um, a lot of you have listened to my podcast, my previous podcast, I'm big into giving minorities a platform. And to me, um, minorities, yes, you know, minorities, there are more of us in this country, but a lot of times we are, um, there are different circumstances that are, that have us trying to, that, that they ha- they try to have us feeling like we're less right. That, that there's less of us and that's not the case. And so this strength in numbers. But not only is that not only that but the fact that there are talented individuals in the minority communities um and when i say that you know oftentimes you know we in america when we talk about minorities uh, the first groups we think of are blacks and latinos and yes blacks and latinos make up a great number in the minority population but let's not get it confused okay there are other minority groups that are underrepresented in this country that quite frankly, who don't have the voice that even blacks and Latinos have who deserve to have that voice because of the sheer numbers and the influence and, and really the, the population, um, in this country. And so those, and I feel like what Mona Sheikh does, what Mona shake brings, um, to this world, to this world, I say the world is quite refreshing and she is here. And we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about that. And and just to wrap up my thought, just that what she brings to the game cannot be understated. Okay. Cannot be overlooked. And so I'm very glad that she's here to join me and joining me here is the comedian, producer, podcaster, businesswoman, trailblazer, you name it, and so on and so forth. And she's here on the show on the Santos says podcast. I want to welcome to the show Mona Shake.
1: What's up? Thank you for that intro. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna take you everywhere with me, and you're gonna be my hype man. I'm gonna be showing up to the restaurant. I'll be like, now comes Mona Shake, comedian, producer, broadcaster, trailblazer. They're like, um, it's just Chipotle. Relax. It's- <laughs> what
0: are you doing? What are you doing? You are nice. tremendous. I I I gotta tell you. So I saw your work. I was familiar with your work and I needed to have you on because you are someone who I look at you like a trailblazer. Oh, um, no, I needed no, to have you on you, what you do. Right. And we'll talk about you. I want to to, cause I read a little bit about your story. You have a very interesting story. Um, but, and I want you to tell it, I want you to tell your story. But what made me want to bring you on was just, I always felt like there was a void of people from the South Asian community. And what I mean by that is in these prominent roles and in the public eye in comedy, now you're seeing that. And a lot of that is part of part of partly in what you've done, right? But you're seeing it little by little. And I love what I'm seeing. There's a lot more work to be done. So I guess I'll start off by asking this to you. How do you feel about that? Before we get into your story, how do you feel that the the representation, right? Of the South Asian community as a whole in the mainstream? Yeah.
1: You know, I I feel like, you know, Mindy Kaling was one of the first ones who kind of really made a mark, Uh, you know, but I, I mean, I love Mindy Kaling, you know, but Mindy also sounds like a little bit like a white girl. So I was like, okay, she, you know, so you're just like, okay, it's a little bit more. Digestible because you're like it's a brown chick, but if you shut your eyes, you're like, oh, that's a brown, that's a white girl. Okay, oh, it's a brown girl. Oh, uh, white girl, brown girl. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I-, I love Mindy. I think what she's done has been outstanding. But I think the representation is changing pretty rapidly. I feel like across the board, especially in the past five years, I feel like the conversation, um, uh, you know, for people of color, you know, in general, you know, uh, Latinos, South Asians, uh, Black people, like you know, the conversation has risen and, you know, you see a lot more roles now for us, you know, especially in media and representation. I I think that has shifted a lot. Uh, A lot of that is changing. You know what? I feel like that's a conversation I always talk about. So much of it goes back to the decision makers, right? Who's making the decisions? Who's saying, hey, uh, let's put Santos up. Let's give Santos uh, his own TV show. Uh, Let's give Mona her own radio show or whatever. So I feel like it's not just what's happening in front of the camera, it's also what's happening behind the camera. So that conversation is also just as relevant. And I feel like people who are the decision makers are really the puppeteers. They're really the ones calling the shots to be like, you get to have this and you don't. But I feel like with social media, with TikTok, with Instagram, with YouTube, you know, there's a decentralization that's happening. There's a shift of power Well, you don't have to go to the gatekeepers. You can go straightly to your audience. Listen, I have girlfriends right now who started doing comedy like six months ago, packing up rooms of 500 because they're TikTok stars, right? They don't, they don't have to go to, you know, Fox or any of the major networks. They, they go and pocket that cash themselves. And now all these major studios and networks are coming to them to be like, Hey, you already have a network because they're like, how can I dip my finger in that honey pot that you already created? Right? So there's a shift of power that's taking place. So, you know, I feel like that more people go like yourself, like myself, we go and create online content, the more that kind of decentralization happens where you're no longer getting permission from the gatekeepers. You are the freaking gatekeeper.
0: <laughs> that's well said. That and, and that also has kind of led itself to the music industry too, right? Because it's like you have 100%. all these artists, they don't need the major label anymore. It's like the same thing. <laughs> Besides,
1: what, what, why do you think the power shifted? And I don't know if you followed this. I'm big uh, Jay Z and Beyonce fan. I'm I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in New York. I grew up in. Oh, Brooklyn. you're in New York. Okay, I'm that's there. great. There, yeah,
0: yeah, in you you're in New York, aren't you? Yeah.
1: Santos? Yeah, what, I'm a New, New Yorker. Yorker?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from oh Brooklyn, shit! Originally. Yeah,
1: me too. I mean, I lived in Brooklyn. Um, and loved it. You know, uh, that was my so my favorite. But if you if you I don't know how much you've paid attention. Beyonce and Jay-Z, that's what Beyonce did. She was like, man, the record label's coming in, taking in all the cash. I'm putting all the work. That's why she started secretly releasing her own album, secretly releasing her own video, because she wanted to flex and see what kind of power she had. And she was like, well, wait a minute. I don't need you. You need me. So I can directly go to my audience and pull in all that cash and kick you out as a middleman. And I feel like Now that has translated uh, that that's on a more macro level, but now you're looking on a more micro level where you're seeing young artists coming up across the board, you know, music, uh, the art, the stand up, uh, you know, and now I don't know how much you've been following crypto and NFT. That's going to change the game completely. I mean, you're talking about decentralization. On a level that's actually scaring the gatekeepers, because the gatekeepers are like, "Yo, these people are gonna put us out of business. Like, yeah. we're out. Like, we're there's no no longer gonna be a need for them." So there's a massive uh, shift of power. There's a lot lot of massive. Uh, and you know, it's not just uh, I know you were talking about representation, but you're talking about you know people who've never had access to power, or were not given uh, access to power, are not gonna have power, and that's right. that's pretty powerful.
0: That's a beautiful thing. No, I, I agree with that, especially, you know, because like you said, you're wiping out the gatekeeper, right? So right. what are the um sorry you know, like what who's gonna hold you back?
1: getting you all hot, man.
0: <laughs> there you go. It's about this to get
1: clothing are coming off. I don't know if this is gonna be present at the end of this conversation, but keep going, Santos. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so like I camera so... down a little bit no, I'm just kidding it's a turning into a different show okay
0: yeah it. right right <laughs> um so question for you right I I was reading about how you started out right so you are from originally from Pakistan right
1: yeah I was born and raised in Pakistan um, and I moved when I was 15.
0: okay so you moved to New York when you're 15 years old now I, this was part of your your history that I found interesting right. I was reading that you grew up on Bollywood films, right? Yeah, for sure. So, right. So how did, cause I know there are some, I've seen some Bollywood films and there are some, there's a comedic factor in some of them. There are different genres, just sure. like sure. Hollywood films, right? Sure, sure. So my question is, how did you get into comedy? Having been influenced by Bollywood films, did you want to be an actress first at first, or how did yeah, that I'm a,
1: I, Yeah, I'm a former uh, stage actor. I was a stage actor. I wanted to be a dramatic actress, Sanchez. I wanted to be a dramatic actress, and uh, none of that worked out. But uh, I actually, um, there was this uh, amazing, I was like eight years old, and I watched this movie uh, with this amazing actress named Madhuri, um, and she blew me away because wasn't she wasn't just beautiful and you know pretty she was funny she was funny and I was like oh how do you do I want that that is what I want and you know a, a lot of people ask me they're like can you teach comedy you know you can teach elements of comedy you can teach rules of comedy but I think that inherent timing and stuff um I'm sure maybe you can perfect it. Maybe you can get better at it. I have seen it done. Uh, I have seen other comics kind of come up the ranks and be like, oh wow, like five years ago, you weren't that funny, but now you got to figure it out. Okay, (laughs) cool. Um, Because there's layers, right? There's layers to this comedy game. But I I feel like a lot of times comedy chooses you. You don't choose comedy, it chooses you. So it has to be like, I choose you. I want you to deliver my message um that's how i feel um i feel like i've met other comics who say the same thing that they're like comedy chose me i did not choose comedy and it's true i mean look i wanted to be a dramatic actress and i started taking these um acting classes with this acting coach named anthony apeson and anthony apeson like one day pulled me on the side and he was like you know you're very funny right? and i was like don't say that i don't want to be funny <laughs> <laughs> You <know? laughs> and i was like no yeah I, I don't want to be funny and he's like good no. You can do dramatic and you can be funny. And he discovered uh, Ellen Pompeo, discovered J. For Aniston. He discovered Ian Somerhalder. He's discovered so many amazing artists and he's quite wonderful. And I think that's where I really understood my own comedic timing and started doing stand up and then just stand up, just kind of took took over. It was just it was just like, oh, oh, this is my calling. Like, this is this is it.
0: Wow. I mean, that's interesting how you mentioned that it, it found you, right? It called yes. you. So yes. many times in our lives, we, we, we're we doing stuff that we don't even picture, you know, that, that we'd be doing. I and, would never. And... Go ahead.
1: I, I, you know, I have uh, girlfriends from 8th grade in Pakistan. That's when it left. And they hit me up on Facebook. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a stand-up comic. They're like, that makes total sense. And I'm like, it does? They're like, you were always the funniest. You were... You were always the one doing the most daring shit. So can I say shit? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, this okay. is go ahead. This is your this is your show. Go. Oh, ahead. Okay. Um and it's interesting because you never see yourself like that. You know, other people see that in you but you don't see that in you because you're just like, "Oh, I want to be a certain way." And then life comes along and says, "No, no, no, no. You you, you know, you you're on a parallel path but you're not on the path. Let me put you on the path." And then, you know, if you are paying attention and your eyes are open, because that's the one thing I always say life, pay attention, pay attention, open your eyes, open your ears, pay attention, be in the moment. Don't be like, what am I going to do two days or what am I going to do an hour from now? Be in the moment. And I feel like that has so much power because I feel like. Even at that time, if I wasn't paying attention and if I wasn't focused and I didn't have my ears and eyes open, I would have probably missed that. Or that both, would, or maybe maybe I hadn't been paying attention until that moment. So whatever brought me to that moment to open my eyes and pay attention, to put me on that path, put me on that path. But this is the path I was meant to be on.
0: That's amazing. I mean, and, and you see that. I mean, it's so many times it we're getting redirected, we, we, we kind of become redirected by the circumstances of life and then we wind up doing something we didn't picture us doing and you're like you know what this this feels right and then sometimes it makes sense to us last it's almost like it makes sense to everybody else first right because like you said your friends said you were always funny and they saw that in you but we need that affirmation to say okay oh i could really do this right right so Right. I, you got to see it in yourself. Right. People can
1: get blue in the face and be like, no, you're this way. But it's yourself that you have to recognize it to be like, OK, you know what? You're right. I think I think I can do this. You know, I think I have the capability of doing this. And don't get me wrong. Stand up is a hard life. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard life. I have stayed up till one o'clock in the morning at a laundromat to do three minutes set.
0: Wow. Okay,
1: it's a hard life. And when you add the woman factor, you add the person of color factor. Those are all just barriers that you now have to find your way and navigate your way out. And I think that's what I'm really excited about, about what's happening with NFTs and cryptos and be able to go on TikTok and create your own content because I no longer have to, you know, wait Look, I waited at a comedy club. I'm not going to mention because they are one of my favorite comedy clubs. And that's fine. Seven years. I waited outside their door, seven years, just hanging around network, trying to talk, trying to get in. And I figured out, I'm like, they're not going to let me in. I don't fit their mold. I don't fit their mold. They don't know what to do with me. And the moment I left them, my career just started taking off. And it took me seven years to open my eyes and to pay attention. Could I have done it earlier? Maybe but I wasn't paying attention.
0: Wow. And, and and it's just having, it's so interesting. You say that because I think so, so many times in America, mm-hmm. we, there are so many preconceived notions yeah. of everybody, right? Yeah. Of every group. Yeah. But I've always felt that in particular, people from South Asia are very misunderstood because yep. they wouldn't be quite, they're not typically the most vocal, That's right. per se, right? Of That's the minorities. And I think that, 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 you can get lost in the shop in in the in the sauce if you that's will, right that's right that.
1: i think i feel like the younger generation like my generation and younger you know look i i came you know i came to the us in the 90s and you know i was a kid like you know i felt a lot of shame for my culture you know i got bullied in school for being like oh you smell like curry you're disgusting get the fuck out of here so I grew up with a lot of shame. So every time I would step out, I needed to make sure that my clothes didn't smell like curry. I wanted to make sure my hair didn't smell like curry. Like there was a lot of shame. And it's so funny because last night I have a girlfriend of mine. She's a very successful writer. And I went over to her place and she was like, yo, can you make me some good homemade curry? Right. And I grew up cooking. So I love to cook. So I made this homemade curry. So this morning she sends me a message. She's like, my place smelled like curry this morning and it's divine. I love it. Right. And it brought me back to that moment as a child, like in America, to be so ashamed of my identity, to be so ashamed of my food, to be so to have carry so much shame. Oh, you're listening to some ethnic music? Turn it down so nobody's listening What they're going to look down at you. All that is gone now. All that I mean I, I'm not gonna lie, I still have that, right? I still have I'd be listening to some music and somebody comes by and this automatic conditioning where I have to immediately turn my music down because there's shame. There's shame attached to it. To be like, oh I don't I don't want you to I don't want you to look down at me as I'm like less than or as if I don't belong here, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and I, I hear you and I, I get that because I've I've seen it, I've experienced it on a on a different level as an outsider watching. And I've always kind of, you know, because I think for Latinos, it's a different, it's a different kind of struggle. Yes. It's different. Yes. It's not yes. the same. Yes. I, I'm not going to say one is more severe than the other. They're different yeah. in different yes. ways, right? Yes. But I feel like you have those stereotypes that are still, there's people, there's fear, yeah. which irrational fear, yes. right? From people who are biased and, and it's breaking down those stigmas. Yes. From the community.
1: I, I got to say Sancho, I feel like, I feel like
0: stereotypes
1: exist for a reason, right? Look, there just they're like there are stereotypes about people of color, there's stereotypes about white people too. Oh, white people like right, right. And, right? There's stereotypes, you know, there's, there's, a re, there's, there's These stereotypes exist for a reason because they they do exist. Certain stereotypes do exist. There's no denying about that. That's there's right. no there's there's certainly no denying about that. But then there are but you can't take an entire group of people and just condense them down to a stereotype stereotypes are really fucking good when it comes to stand-up comedy maybe maybe if you do it right maybe a, but I think stereotypes exist because they have a certain validity to them. I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying there is a certain validity to them. Just a little bit. You know, like like for us brown people, like, yeah, that's right. We do have to constantly go to school and get freaking come first in spelling bee contests. That is a fucking stereotype. But it is true. <laughs> like <for laughs> Our parents are hardcore about that shit, you know? yeah when you are the moment like our parents tell us all our lives don't talk to boys don't talk to girls and the moment you go to college they're like when are you getting married did you find yourself a boy and go Motherfucker, you've been telling me this entire time not to talk to the opposite gender now i gotta find like somebody yeah, right right <laughs> it make no freaking sense i know it's a stereotype but also very valid right
0: That that's so that's fascinating when you when you put it when you break it down that way it's fascinating and, and these things exist in in many cultures that different little nuances that exist that you're like, that's right. yeah, you know, that's the, right. the family aspect,
1: you know? That's right. Listen, I've done, I've done shows. I did a show in Vegas, 400 people packed up room. I was the only woman on the lineup, like most of the freaking time. <laughs> and um, I go up and um, I did, that's like literally one of my best sets I've ever done. It was just so fucking fire. The crowd was just drunk and fucking $2 beers. People are fucking having a damn good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was fantastic. I went up, I fucking rocked and roll. And the moment I got off stage, the host, who, by the way, happens to be Latino, which I was shocked because, yo, like people of color should like feel the pain for the other. And he goes up on stage and he goes, I thought this bitch was a terrorist. Now, what do you say to that? What do you say Um, to that? Because I'm like, yo. Like, would you like it if somebody said if I had if I was a host and I said some fucked up stereotype about you? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So it's not just white people doing racist shit. People of color do racist shit against other sure. people of color too.
0: I seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've I've been a fucking at the end of it many a times. I've seen That it. bothers me so much when I see minorities like getting at each other because like if you realize the sheer numbers and influence and buying power, etc., of yeah. all of us, if we they can't stop us. If they put us all together, there's no way they could stop us. That's right. That's right. Nobody.
1: But you know, I think a lot of I think there's this. I, I have to. I, I don't know how it is in the Latino community, but I've noticed this in the South Asian community that there's a mentality. There's a, especially the older generation, this uh, scarce mentality, a mentality right. of scarcity. There's there could only be one role for. Yes. Me. No. You're right. That that exists. Yeah. Yeah. That exists. Oh, oh, if I got something good, I don't want to share it. Yeah. I don't want to share it. That exists. Because you might, you might also get it. Then mm, that don't make me feel special anymore.
0: Right. Right. We don't want the others to succeed. Right. So we don't want to see our brothers and sisters that are like us that have the same last names as us that come from where we come from. There's only got to be one. There got to be one Puerto Rican. There's only one Pakistani. That's right.
1: That's right. And I don't believe in that shit at all. I mean, No, Not ridiculous. in the friggin' slightest. I, nope. I put on my show Minority Reports. I mean, it's all women of color, top to bottom. For fuck's
0: sake. That that great segue. I was gonna ask you about that. So tell tell us all about minority reports. I know about it. I looked into it, but I go ahead, tell about it. So
1: Let's I started Minority Reports um at the comedy store. I don't know if you've been to Los Angeles. It's uh it's wow. a very, very it's a very prestigious. Comedy cool. club. It's uh, you know, all all your legends came out of that. It, or you know, your Robin Williams and your yeah. uh, friggin' Richard Pryor and your you know all these like mega mega uh, folks came out of it. Um, and um, I went and pitched it to them, and I said, hey, listen, you know, this is literally even before. Remember, you remember when Oscars hashtag oscar so white. You remember that? Right, right,
0: right Yes, a couple years ago. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, no, that was way more. That was like six, seven years ago. Okay. Time flies. Yes. Yeah, six, I do seven remember years, that. No, That was six, seven years. This is when Spike Lee and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith came out and said, Oscars are so white. You guys don't nominate people of color. Um, so even before that conversation, I knew that we were headed towards diversity. Like I saw that and I was like, the landscape's going to change across the board. The landscape's going to change. I mean, just look at the sheer number of minorities coming up the pipeline. Like there's just no way you can ignore this number of talent. So I went to them and I said, hey, would you guys give me a show where I produce it and I bring people of color that people would who would never get the opportunity to perform at your comedy club? I give them that opportunity and I'll freaking pay you guys on top of that. I'll split my ticket sales. Wow. And they were like, yeah, sure. And we started doing the show and it started taking off. Tiffany Haddish would come and do the show. This is like two years before Tiffany blew up. Nikki Glaser, Eliza Schlesinger, um, uh, even Mark Maron would come by, uh, Kevin Nealon, Mike Ward, um, Rami Yusuf, like, all these people were coming through and doing sets, right? Because I was creating a platform where it's just like, yo, come on in. I know that they won't let you perform on the main room, but we got another room here, so y'all can come and say, hey, I performed at the Comedy Store. I want you to have that, you know? And it wasn't, I wasn't just thinking about, oh, it's just me. No. Indian Pakistan I don't give a shit. Come perform. This is, a, you know, this is not just about us. This is not just about me. It's about us. Like, we go as this together. That's where the power is. So I, and then I took the show out and I turned it into a, uh, in a into a nationally touring show. And we did our first Minority Reports Desi girl set up. Desi is a slang way of saying si- South Asian. Like, you got Taíno right. on there. It's like, you know, Desi is like, right. you mean, it means you come from the continent of South Asia. So, you know, right, like yes, uh, Boricua. Boricua is for Puerto Ricans, you know, it's the same Rico, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. So, uh, which uh, growing up, a lot of people thought I was a Boricua. It's true. First year I went to high school and they started speaking Spanish to me. And my brothers were like, when, if somebody walks up to you, starts speaking Spanish, just say, no, habla espanol I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, it means <laughs> I don't speak Spanish because I'd never met Puerto Ricans. I'd never met Dominicans. I'd Never met him. Never, We got black people in Pakistan, but we don't have Latinos. I've never met Latino in my life. You know, so that was like a new thing to me. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my Mexican comedian friends recently. He's like, he's like, you know, you part, you know, you part the uh, Latino. You're right. And I'm just like, yeah, I feel, I feel like a lot of like, there's a Latina thing in me, and there's no denying about that. Yeah, you know. But we did our first uh, Desi Girls Night Out show in Orange County. Yeah. Three hundred and thirty. South Asian women showed up to that show on a Wednesday night. Do you understand? Do you understand? Like power. You see that? Yeah. That's power. We we were so packed out, we had to turn people away on a fucking Wednesday night. How the fuck is that possible? That's crazy. And these women didn't want to go home. They were like, this is the first time I came to a show where I feel heard. I feel seen. I feel represented. These bitches were getting drunk. It was crazy. And then LA Times, they were like, hey, did you know that you guys, LA Times called me up. They're like, did you know your show is like the hottest show in town? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because um, I was in San Francisco. I was emceeing the Women's March so i just i'm just there i'm just i'm too busy like focusing on trying to emcee it and i see all these ticket sales coming in i was like is this is this for my show and we had to move because i thought barely 80 people will show up if that we had to move from our small room to the big room thank god they had a big room so we like just packed the rooms out and we've been like packing rooms out ever since man very very lucky very very fortunate we were just at the New York comedy Festival we sold those shows out um and we got offered a a, a tour so now we're going back in April
0: to um <clears throat> to wow you going to be in
1: New York and New Jersey yeah
0: I got it you know what I'm gonna have to go see that
1: oh so you to totally see. have to come it's gonna be uh, they're they're fantastic shows uh, uh if I may say so myself uh but uh yeah they're really great shows you know and it's um it's about hearing voices that you won't really hear at major comedy clubs and look there's you know even with this conversation about you know um representation and stuff the comedy clubs are changing just a little bit but not a lot not a lot they don't see value in us they don't see value in us now explain yeah you know, i'm sorry go ahead the problem is santos is that clubs and studios have not yet figured out they know like with the fast and furious franchise like with all the Any franchise that has diversity makes a fuck ton of money. That's why they keep coming up with like Fast and the Furious 20. It's like, why why the fuck do you think they keep coming up with that? Because they know it makes money. They Mm -hmm. know diversity makes money. But there's a power struggle where people who've been sitting in positions of power don't want to let that power go. They're like, shit, the Uh landscape's going to change. If we let this power go, but they don't understand, isn't it about dollars and cents at the end or is it about power?
0: Which is it? Well, here's the thing though. You're right. You make a good argument, but here's the thing. I, I've always made the argument that some people have their priorities are different. So like some people, the power, when they get to a certain level of money, unfortunately the power supersedes the money. So the power is more important, unfortunately, to some people than the money, because they look at it like they're always going to have money.
1: And that's why I say about, it is just as important for people behind the scenes as it, as it is people in front of the scene, because behind the scenes is really what determines who gets to be in front of the camera.
0: That's right. That's right. They make the decisions. They, they call the shots and, and nobody will never meet those people. Half that's of right. us, right? The audience won't meet them, but that's those right. are the people that have all the, they pull the strings.
1: That's right. That's right. You, know? you were going to ask me a question.
0: Yes. What I wanted to no no definitely. I was, it was just along with what you were saying. Um, you answered it already for me. What I, what I wanted to talk about was 2019. I read something very interesting about you, right? So you made history. According yeah. to according to your website, yeah, you made history. You performed in front of 60,000 people. Yeah, explain that to me.
1: Uh, you know, I think I was so busy preparing for it, I didn't quite grasp the the impact of it. And I remember standing backstage, uh, standing behind while they were going to call me on stage to MC it. And I start hurting people chanting, you know, like to bring me on stage. And it was like this wave, like washing over me. And I think I was so focused on work that it didn't hit me the magnitude of it. Like the magnitude of standing in front of 60,000 people and like pontificating about equality. Like I, I, it, it was surreal, man. It, it, it's surreal. Like, it makes me emotional, like, thinking about it. It's uh, It was so surreal. And, you know, not just that. You're standing backstage with Senator Barbara Lee. You're standing with wow. the mayor of San Francisco. Like, you're rubbing shoulders and shaking hands. And I'm just like, I just sling dick jokes on stage. Like, what the fuck? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? saying? Like, I'm just like, I'm yeah. just, I'm just talking jokes about my mom. Like, what, you know, but um, the, uh, my, my girl, Sophia, who's the co-chair of the Women's March, you know, we we just randomly met, but I don't know. I I don't believe in coincidences. You know, we were meant to meet each other. I met her at Politicon, which is a huge uh, conference that put together for politics here. So there's all these conservative, you know, independent, um, liberal, like, you know, conversations that take place. All these big celebrities come out, all these politicians come out. It's a massive thing that they do here. And um, I was, I just happened to, I wasn't even supposed to be there. I just showed up because my girlfriend, had a boot. She has this amazing organization called Muslims for Progressive Values. And I've been friends with her forever. So, whatever she does, I support her. So, she was like, Hey, can you come and show a different side, more progressive side of Muslims? So she's like, You're one of the most progressive Muslims. And I was like, Yeah, dude, I'm down. Let's do this. So, people were coming to the table asking questions, you know, why Islam this? And what happens in Islam that? And these two women come by and they're like kind of brownish. So, I looked at them, I'm like, Hey, what kind of brown are you? And uh, they were like, oh, we're Lebanese. And I was like, oh, bring it in, Lebanese sister, this and that. I was just cracking jokes and being my stupid, goofy self. Um, And then when the Politicon uh, ended, you know, everybody's rushing out. There's like thousands of people and they couldn't find an Uber to because it was too many people. So I was walking out towards my car and I was like, what's going on? They're like, we can't find an Uber. I was like, just jump in the car with me. I'll give you a car ride home um and then we just became friends and then she was like hey are you gonna be in san francisco i was like yeah i'm coming out to do shows next week she's like let's grab dinner we had dinner we didn't talk about the you know the the, the you know the uh thing uh, and women's march at all we were just, I was talking to her just shooting the shit and then two days later she's like how would you like to mc it and i was like oh. what i was like you want me to mc this i was like are you sure you're choosing the right person she's like i know i'm choosing the right person you can do this so I think it also goes down to opportunities, Santos. You know, sometimes you just need that one opportunity. You know, you can you can have all the talent and all the skill in the world, but if you're not given opportunities and, you know, and if you really scratch the conversation that we're having and if you really get to the bottom of it, all we're talking about is opportunities.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's well said. You couldn't have said it better. That's right. That's how I would sum it up in one word. Just the opportunities that Every, that everyone else should have, right? right? If You have the talent, if you have the preparation, if you have the wherewithal, right, yeah. the desire, why shouldn't you have the opportunity? Yeah. You should get the opportunity.
1: Right, right. And it's just, it really is. And I, and I think that's what the gatekeepers have been depriving, you know, uh, um, people and people of color, especially, you know, and women, especially, women, you know, yeah. uh, just kind of opportunities would have been like, oh, you'll have to be this way and that way. And, you know, um, I talk about this when, you know, what turned me off from acting and really what put me in the path of stand up is because I was up for a lead role in a, in a pretty big independent budget film. And the reason I lost that role is because they brought me in for like five freaking producer and director sessions. And then at the end, they didn't give me the role because I wasn't, quote unquote, hot enough. What the oh. fuck does that mean? Hot is different to different people. And that and the lead actress that they hired, she was so bad. They had to cut her out from eighty percent of the movie. That's how bad she was.
0: But they gave her the role.
1: They gave her the role because she was hot.
0: Hot, but she hot. had no skills.
1: She sucked. <laughs> I, I don't even see her. I don't even see her around anymore. Because no,
0: of she, course, because she was she, she wasn't any good. She, I think she quit the business.
1: But you yeah. know that. But honestly, I'm grateful for that. I was pretty devastated at the time, but I look back and I'm like, thank God I didn't get that. Thank God. Cause it put me on the path that it put me on. Cause that wasn't
0: my path. This was, well, that was right. That wasn't your, right. That wasn't what was meant meant for you in the universe. The universe puts you in a, in a place where, right. Where you were, that wasn't the plan. That just wasn't the plan and you needed that experience to sometimes you got to have that door slammed shut right in front of your face.
1: That's right. That wasn't
0: uh, God's plan, as
1: Drake says. Hey, did you know that God, uh, Drake uh, trademarked that God's plan?
0: The phrase? hmm Wow. I, I had no idea. So, mm-hmm. we, so are we not allowed
1: to use it? You cannot use it in public for business. You cannot. He'll sue you. Oh,
0: oh well. Good. good. I, I got to <laughs> scratch that design. You can't be like,
1: T-shirt God's plan.
0: I got to get rid of it.
1: God's plan for me to have this gut. Like, you can't. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: right, right, right. That was God's plan for me to, to get, you know, cut this plan.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't be, you can't have that. So I, I just learned about it. You know, those TikTok videos, you know, a lot of people make those really cool TikTok videos. Yeah. Uh, and I learned it through that. And I was like, oh, how interesting. You can trademark that stuff.
0: That's it. No, it is interesting. And, and I, you know, it goes along with what I was going to say about you as well, that you're, you know, you're right now you have your brand. Like this is your brand, right? Yeah. Your likeness, your name, your image. Right. This is something that it's you're you've done a lot, you've accomplished a lot, but this Thank is just you. really you're getting you're scratching the surface here where you can represent for so many uh people in the generations to come. You, as a role model, what you are, and that's what I seen when I seen you. I was like, I was blown away. I was like, I have to have you. Her I have uh, to. And I saw so you. I said, I gotta have you because you're breaking the mold. I saw your stand up routines, I saw your. You know, I've seen your shows. I went, I had a, did research. I did tons of research on you. And so I saw, look, you're breaking the mold because you grew up in a conservative Muslim right Yeah. most as a Muslim. Yeah. So, and so I guess what now this is my next question. we talked about the adulation and the praise and you being a role model for a lot of people, but okay. with that comes the other side, Sure. how has the other side meaning the other group of people that are from your community that yeah. may I not mean really appreciate some of your content.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, there's definitely pushback, you know, um, look, I'm not, um, I'm not a conservative Muslim by any chance, by any means. I don't wear the hijab. Never have I worn the hijab, nor do I have any desire to wear the hijab. I don't knock it. I don't put it down. People can do whatever they want. I mean, right. that's my, I, I think my, uh, Sometimes, you know, I I think what happens sometimes, Santos, I think, especially uh, as a Muslim woman, you know, other women, other conservative Muslim women get a little rattled. They get a little rattled when they see someone like me. Maybe it brings up insecurities. Maybe it makes them feel like, hey, you know, she doesn't represent me. And you're right, I don't. Because Muslim women is not, you know, it's not a binary thing. It's not binary, right? There's no one kind of Latino. There's many kind of Latinos. There's not one kind of Latina. There's many kind of Latinas, right? And I think that's where we start breaking away from stereotypes, right? There's not one kind of Muslim. There's many kind of Muslims, right? One billion people. How do you categorize them under one tiny little stereotype? You can't. You can't. You can't. That's virtually impossible. That And that would be stupid and just downright ignorant to say that Muslims are just one thing. So I don't fit that Muslim stereotype, especially that you see in the media. All of a sudden, there's like, oh, we have the first hijabi this. And that's what a Muslim woman looks like. And it's like, no, she doesn't. Nope. A Muslim woman can look like this. A Muslim woman can go out and wear a bikini and still fucking be a Muslim man. A Muslim woman can still rock fucking tight ass jeans and get up on stage and slink dick jokes. And you can still be a Muslim woman, right? right. Yeah, there's no one thing, right? So I think that's some of the backlash sometimes that I experience, uh, especially on live shows. It's not a lot. Most of the time, it's a lot of support. Like, it's a fuck ton of support. Um, But because, you know, you have to understand for them, it's also like, yes. Yes, we have women like this in our community who are fucking outspoken, balls to the wall, don't give a fuck out there, fucking say what they have to say, because you look at us as someone that we don't have a voice like what we do. And like, listen, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of Muslim women who don't have voices. So I feel it's almost like a, a sense of responsibility, a sense of obligation to be like, yo, let me speak up. Let me speak up so you can change your mind because that's a that's one thing that I experience a lot, especially when I do, you know, just like all black crowds or all Latino crowds or maybe all white crowds. You know, people walk up and be like, yo, I didn't know there were Muslim women like you. And it's like, precisely. And that's what I'm here to break away, to be like, yo, there's a lot of Muslim women who behave and live like my lifestyle, right? Still Muslim.
0: Yeah, that yeah, you're breaking the mold. You're, you're breaking the mold. You're break, breaking the... Right, the perception of right. what the stereotypes that's correct mentioned earlier in the
1: precisely, right? Certain stereotypes may apply to me, um, uh, you know, certain and then others that may not apply to me, right?
0: But yeah, it's amazing. It, no, it's great. It's, it's look, you're that's why I had called you a trailblazer for that reason because I seen like I see the jokes you're doing and I, I see the material, like you said, you talked about like the dick jokes and stuff like that, yeah, and it's like it's empowering. Yes. Right. it's empowering because you've seen you've seen you had to know you had to be cognizant of the struggle that your parents and grandparents went through. hundred percent. Some of the things they had to do.
1: hundred percent. And, you know, it goes beyond the dick jokes. Right. I was talking about. Um, um, so I have a video on TikTok that's going viral right now. And it's shocking the shit out of me. And what is the video you ask? It was like I just said it in jest. The video was I was on the Young Turks. And uh they were talking. somebody was talking about white Jesus. I think one of the fucking Fox News <clears throat> assholes were talking about how Jesus was white. And I was like, you got to be mm. fucking kidding me. Nope. I was like, you know what kind of SPF it would have taken him to survive in that kind of fucking heat? It's because impossible. It's about <laughs> he would have spontaneously combusted in that kind of fucking heat. You can't. You can't, there's no white Jesus. The no, no. You're no. talking about Yo, Santos people lost their shit. Man. No, but I agree with you. I, I don't care. I I
0: co-signed that. I don't care. I've already said it.
1: My thing is, Santos, that I want to talk about things that we as women somehow are not seen as valuable to talk about. I talk about school gun shootings. That's a topic very near and dear to my heart. I, you know, um, I donate to that. I donate to those causes for the parents who lost their children. That's, uh, you know, look, as someone who grew up in a pretty violent country, I'm not for violence. Um, Only when it comes to uh extremists and nazis and shit i'm all for violence but besides that i'm not for violence right? <laughs> I, I, i'm not about that life you know um we have a thing i don't know if y'all have this but we got we got cousin fucking and it's a problem you know wow. and it's cousin people be fucking their first cousins and having children yeah. and they have yeah, a yeah. lot of i've seen that yep. it's yeah, it it's fucking gross you know, it's very prevalent and in Pakistan it's so bad. Now the I think the government's putting out statements be like, "Don't fuck your first cousin. Like go find a <laughs> fourth, fifth cousin. Stop fucking your first cousin." You know? And like people got some people got upset. They're like, "Yo, why are you why are you calling it out?" Because it's not just Bro, it's morally wrong. Yes, morally wrong. He- serious health ramifications. You're passing those fucked up genes down to your kids. Like those poor babies didn't ask for this shit. You know, yeah. even the doctors, Pakistani Doctor Association uh, in America is going out to Pakistan and be like, "Yo, you guys, you stop doing that. Y'all need to stop." Need to stop there's more than there's so many, so many people to fuck. Like, stop fucking your first cousins. What,
0: what do you attribute that to? I, first of all, I didn't think we were gonna make that left turn, but it's a good one. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and that was the last thing I did not have that on my notes. Like, stop fucking your cousins. Cousin, cousin, cousin. fucking. <laughs> stop fucking your cousin. Um,
1: I think. Curious. I think what, it, I think what attributes to is uh, sometimes it's about keeping money in the family.
0: Oh, oh okay.
1: It's about keeping status in the family. Um, uh, it's about feeling as if you know maybe you're like oh I. You know why am i gonna go look for somebody else where you know we're already at a certain status so we want to keep those people we a familiarity thing uh for us it's not for us it's not just two people getting married it's families getting married so families have to get along so if families are already getting along and the kids are the same age then they're like why would we not marry
0: right right you know what i'm saying right you right know, yeah that makes sense. That makes like, sense. I, us, I'm curious. For, curious.
1: Exactly. For us in America, you're just like, I like this person, and eh, maybe I like the mother or not, or the father or the siblings. Who gives a shit? But I love this person. I'm gonna marry him. It's not like that in South Asian culture. No. It's not like that. If your family, family matters,
0: matter,
1: you ain't getting married, period.
0: Wow. That's wow. not happening. I mean, I, I I kind of had that idea already, you know. I, from what I've you know been told. No, sorry, don't get me wrong. Let me just copy
1: up this by saying. Don't get me wrong. There are people who go against their families and get married and then their families like, you know, throw them out of the family. They're like, I don't want to talk to you. This and that. That does happen. But most of the time, it's very much about, hey, are the families going to get along? It's a it's a it's a it's a status of symbol. It's a symbol of status. No,
0: listen, that's and those are things that you're you know, that's what you're here again. That goes along with you. What you're you've been you represent a symbol of change of evolution in, in just the whole thing, like just breaking the mold from everything in every way, you being a woman, a minority woman, a brown woman, a Muslim woman yeah. from Pakistan.
1: Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like also, I, I think a lot of the American born South Asian kids don't understand the kind of privilege they are born in. Yeah, yeah. Look, if you are born in America, you are born in privilege. I don't even if you're the minority of the minority of the minority. You're right. You are born right. with a certain golden ticket in your hand that if you work hard, you figure that shit out, you can make money and pull yourself out of poverty. You have to understand in countries, in 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 South Asian countries, um, that is rough because the government does not provide you any support system, right? There's a lot of bullshit, there's a lot of red tape. If you're born in a certain family, you more you know it's hard to break out of those fucking molds because the there's no like structure that really supports you do people do come out of it absolutely how do i know my 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 father did my grandfather did right my grandfather when the migration happened, and I don't know how much you know about the history of India and Pakistan, but in 1947, I when the when the British finally fucked off, yeah. they left us. And then, you know, <laughs> I love and, how you said that. Yeah, yeah. They, they Fuck off. Um, And then the Muslims and the Hindus were getting into a fight, and Muslims were like, yo, we're not feeling represented. We don't feel like we have a voice. We want our own country, and we want to create a secular nation. So Pakistan was supposed to be a secular country, not a Muslim country, a secular country. Right, and a lot of people right. don't understand that, because the founder of pakistan uh jina wanted a secular nation because he he was like look if i as a muslim don't feel represented then there are other minorities who also don't feel represented and i want you to come and feel wanted and accepted in this nation yes if you're muslim great but if you're not i want you to feel represented because he himself wasn't a practicing muslim he married a hindu woman and used to drink and fucking party it up he came from a very wealthy family you know he went to oxford in a time when you couldn't even think about going to oxford london Right. I mean, you're talking right. about like a, a time when brown people were fucking were we were a bunch of fucking coolies. That's what they use. That's the equivalent of N word for us. Right. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the term. Yeah, yeah. That's what they used to call us. And for him to come around and to be like, yo, and to be so progressive thinking, to be like, we're going to create a secular nation where anyone who does not feel like they're wanted or, you know, accepted come to this country. And one of the things that Gina said before he passed away was just like, he's like, yo, don't let the fucking religious extremists, don't let these mullahs take over this country. They'll fucking destroy this country. And that's exactly what the fuck happened. You know, that's why Pakistan is such a fascinating country. You see a lot of brilliant people come out of Pakistan because it's a war between the extremists and the intellectuals. So my family are all intellectuals. That's who that's the family I come from, even though conservative, but intellectuals.
0: That is fascinating. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that here um, for sure, because there's so many people who don't know this, you know, I mean, I, I so learned nuanced. something. Else.
1: Yeah, it's so nuanced, like you gotta be there. Like I, when I came as a, as a child, I had fellow Pakistani and Indian kids in high school putting me down, calling me a fob calling me wow. a booger, like calling me all kinds of fucking horrible names because they felt that I was less than them because I was born in their fucking mother country. Those same motherfuckers today are walking around beating the goddamn chest saying, oh, we're so proud to be this bitch. When I was that, you was putting me down, bitch. That's right. right. Now, right. now you're doing it because it's fucking cool.
0: Yeah. Well, also, they, you, they're doing that because you waved the flag for them to do it. That's so, right. They're seeing you. They won't give you the credit for it.
1: That's you know, right.
0: people such as yourself and, and countless others. Yeah. Um, but
1: those same kids are walking around today and standing on the shoulders of people like myself. And it's just me. There's there's a lot of other people like myself who came from the fucking mother country, you know, who had to adjust, who didn't have access to things and who always who never felt like we belong. We always felt less than and we were always made to feel like we were, you know, not, you um, you know, as worthy as they were, are the same motherfuckers not walking around beating their chest saying, Oh, I'm fucking proud to be this. Well, fuck you. <laughs> you weren't very right. proud back then.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, well said. And and 100%. And, and look, this is it's a work in progress, right? I mean, we're, we're not now where we were five, 10 years ago. That's right. So I, I think you're, we're just going to continue to the boundaries are going to continue to be pushed. Yeah. And it's a, it's a matter of time. And That's there's right. going to be more, there's going <laughs> to be more, more, not exactly Mona Sheikh per se, right. but there's going to be another, another woman that comes up. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, and there should be, right?
1: Because again, it goes back to, there's not just one kind of this Santos does not represent the entire Latino community, right? There are going to be other Latinos that are going to come up and show different sh- sides and different aspects of the Latin culture. Right. And the Latino right. community, you know, uh, Mexican is not the same as Puerto Rican.
0: No.
1: You know, Nicaraguan is not the same as a Peruvian. Right?
0: That's right.
1: There's there's these nuanced things. A Dominican. Right. Is not the same as a Chilean. Like No. <laughs> not even cloud. Right. No. Very different. But, and even among the Latino culture that I have learned about among through my Latino friends, you know, have the same thing as we do in South Asian culture, which is colorism. The fairest yeah, unfortunately, you are, yeah. the higher you up are in the hierarchy. Yeah. The darker you, you are, the lower you are in the hierarchy. right? And that's a prejudice that we have amongst our own communities that yeah. we have to fucking call out to be like, yeah, there's colorism here. And mm-hmm. I want to call this shit out because it's bullshit. It
0: is. It is. That exists. And I think that's one of the commonalities among many. We have many commonalities as far as um, Latinos and South Asians. But yep. that's one that's very prevalent. As far yep. as the colorism, that's a real thing. And I, I've been, you know, adamantly against that myself. And um, I want to also give a platform to talk about that too in the future, because that's something that I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not with, and we need to break down those barriers.
1: hundred percent. The only reason, uh, especially in a, in a, in a Muslim, uh, you know, South Asian family that would accept um, a black person is if they're Muslim. That's it. That's their only card in that's the only card the only reason you get a pass is because you're muslim and even then that's kind of resisted to be like oh you're gonna have you're gonna have dark-skinned children do you really want that yeah bitch. because yeah, I, I love this person who cares awful yeah there's a there's a lot of that but these are very deep-rooted generational insecurities that are now being addressed thank god you know from our generation and thank god the younger generation is gonna change that i think the younger generation is doing a fantastic job by the way absolutely i think a lot of people take a shit on the younger gen- i think they're doing a fantastic job maybe yeah. maybe people maybe they're like oh you know maybe they have a peanut allergy all right i'll give you a fucking pass wow.
0: <laughs> gluten gluten allergies you want to be
1: gluten free fine i'll eat all the bread anyways it's all good you know what i'm saying like yeah, i'll give yeah, you right. a pass i'll give you a pass but Look at with everything that's happened, especially even during the pandemic, like Black Li- Black Lives Matter marches. Fantastic, right? You see people of all color and right. genres and backgrounds coming forward to be like, yo, you stop killing our black brothers and sisters, man. That ain't fucking cool. Nope. And nope, it's, it's been happening cool. for years. They've been screaming on top of their lungs to be like, stop fucking killing us. Like, what the fuck are you killing us for? Like what, just for being dark skinned? Just because you have some fucked up, you know, institutionalized racism that's been inbred in you for years and years and you just keep fucking killing us for what? So I, I feel like all of this is uh, and I think the younger generation has had a really big role to play in this. And, and I really do commend them for
0: it. Absolutely. Yeah, we have to give them uh, uh, we have to give them our, our respect and we have to give them our support because they are the ones that are going to help push forward more change in the future. One hundred percent. So before we go, um, tell us about any things that this you have a, going this on. This was a da- this was a damn good conversation. This is actually
1: one of my favorite interviews, sometimes.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I really do. You're
1: I, a really good interviewer, man.
0: Good job. Thank Thank you so. much. I, I appreciate that. Trust me, you're a great guest. No, um, oh, thank you. Definitely, so definitely, definitely, and and we'll we'll definitely connect. We'll connect again because I have to see you in in,
1: in yeah.
0: Uh, I have to see you live. At yeah, yeah, yeah. When I,
1: when I come to New York, yeah, absolutely. Please come. I, I would love for you to come.
0: I will. I will definitely catch that. But before we go, tell us what you have going on.
1: Um, I am leaving on Saturday, if that is, if it goes through. Uh, so get this, last week, um, I went and I was gone for seven days to perform on uh, Carnival Cruise. So while I was on the cruise, the cruise director told me, the entertainment director, that I was making history but being the first South Asian, Middle Eastern female comedian ever, actually comedian, period, male or female, to ever perform on a carnival cruise. Wow. Wow. I was like. What? It's, I'm just like, what? And you never had one of us before? They were like, no. <laughs> and people were fucking fascinated, Santos. They're fascinated by the stories. They're, you know, my uh, not 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 in a braggadocious way, not bragging about it. 300 people showing up to my shows on a cruise pretty good because they want to hear your stories they want to hear my story they want to hear what the fuck i have to say yeah. Powerful shit man yeah so i have another cruise i'm going on this saturday uh leaves out of new orleans so fingers crossed if uh, omicron doesn't come and fuck us all up <laughs> um uh then i'm gonna be going on the cruise um I have the tour coming up uh, in uh, April in New York, New Jersey. Um, I'm executive producing a documentary that I'm very proud of. Uh, I can't really talk about the details yet because of the NDA shit. Um, uh, Minority Reports uh, is also in works uh, as a TV show. So we're working on that. Um, And um, I'm in talks with a very big network for having my own stand-up special. So we're working on that. Just working.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. And, um, no, definitely we're looking forward to, to what you have in store next and, um, following your, your, your career as you continue to, uh, break down barriers and as you continue to make more, you know, just have success. So, well,
1: well, thank you very much, my friend. I, I really hope to God your, your podcast is doing well and continues to do really well.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're work in progress as well, but, um, you how know, old is met. your
1: podcast? How long how long have you been doing the podcast for?
0: I've been doing it since May. So, okay. of May of this year, okay. 2021, I embarked on it. I was um I was mostly a cl- I sell clothing like merch. Okay. You know, I was mainly a, a, an online boutique and I decided I wanted to do a podcast cuz I thought it would be pretty cool. So, 100%,
1: 100 No, great. Listen, uh, you got to got to be entrepreneurial. Got to you can't just, you know, just be one thing. Got to have multiple streams of revenue, multiple.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Gotta be making money when you're sleeping, Santos. I like that. I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna definitely keep that in mind. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, thank
1: you, man. Thank you very much for having
0: me. I appreciate this. No, thank you, everyone. Make sure you follow Mona. Um, she's got all these things going on. Minority reports. She's, she's gonna be touring and she's got the carnival cruises. Right? Oh Arnold. yeah, and
1: also, I also have a comedy cannabis brand I launched um, with a cannabis oil. I am a fan of the Marijuana's. Uh, okay. Okay. Big fan. Uh, it connects to me to Allah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's my A spot, baby. It's my A spot. <laughs> it's my way. It's my spirituality. I understand. Uh, and uh, we launched it in Palm Springs uh, end of November, I think. Yeah. And it did really well. So that's coming to L.A. also. And we want to turn that into a nationally tour show also.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yes. That's going to be good.
1: Everybody getting high out of their minds. Yeah. It's pretty good.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, Mona shake. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Thanks, man. make Thanks sure, sure you guys follow her on social media. You're on TikTok and yeah. Um, on TikTok. Mona shake comedian. Yeah. And of course on Instagram, yes right Instagram,
1: uh twitter uh facebook uh and i'm always looking for new stalker Santa. so stalkers <laughs> are good
0: <laughs> looking for new
1: stalkers guys
0: so <laughs> exactly bring on the stalkers well thank Great. you very much for having me and i appreciate it thank you mona i appreciate having you thank you so much and and look forward to looking forward to connect connect thank with you same here thank same you here. thank you bye-bye wow so so uh, Shake, ladies and gentlemen, that was great, man. Like, that was great. She, she's so, um, she's such a free spirit, um, really brought a nice perspective to everything. And I, I think I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to do next. I mean, really great, outstanding. As you see, as you can see, she has a lot to say. She has a great story. And um, I'm glad that she was able to share some of that here. Um, so <clears throat> I want to thank her for joining me. Mona Shake, make sure you guys follow her on social media, uh, the whole thing, check out minority reports as well. And no, um, oh, and where we go, make sure you guys all follow me on Instagram, Santos thread shop, uh, tick tock Santos thread shop, subscribe to the YouTube, the Santos says podcast. Um, and of course, always on the audio version on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Apple music, uh, Amazon, and away we go. So uh, thank you all for listening. This was episode number 29. And of course, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say. Say what you chess.